Amen. Well, hey, this morning, I am just excited to share with you all a word that I believe is from the Lord. And I hope you all came with an expectation this morning because I believe the Lord has something for you. Amen. Um, And I believe it's just going to be right on time for somebody. And of course, you guys know Pastor Mark and Pastor Pam, they are not here today. If anybody is deserving of a vacation, it is our pastors. Nobody works harder than them than I've ever met. So here I am. Um, So I always like to preface this, okay, because I'm not the most long-winded speaker, and that's for a few reasons. Uh, Number one, I usually speak to teenagers, and are they all gone? Okay, Uh, so respectfully, they don't have the greatest attention span. Statistically, not ours. Ours are great. They're all perfect. In case they were hearing. Um, And here's the thing. I also know the only thing between you and a good lunch is me. Uh, But I also want to honor and to respect the reason that you came this morning. Because I believe that you all came to hear a word from the Lord. Amen? Amen. So before we go any further, let's pray. This word is already anointed, so just pray for me that I can just communicate the word the way that God wants me to. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, help. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I've been praying, okay? So if this is the first time I'm praying, we're in trouble, but we're, we're in good shape. I want to take this morning to talk about three things that I believe are essential for us as Christians to understand. The first one is your value. Someone shout value. The second one is your identity. Someone shout identity. Identity. Your last one is your calling. Someone shout calling. Because here's the thing. You can't walk in your calling if you don't understand your identity. And you'll never fully understand your identity until you understand your value. Now, let me, let me say it like this, because I would be interested to see. Suppose that we start a race. All of you have a big yellow notepad and a pen, and I tell you, we're going to race. You have to write down either 10 positive things about yourself or 10 negative things about yourself, but you can only write things that you really believe. You can only write things that you really believe, and I'm wondering how many people would maybe go the negative route, if you really wanted to win the race. And why is it more common? I'm thinking, why, why is it more common that we tend to focus on the negative aspects of ourselves? And I think it's for a few reasons, right? Because it's easy. You know, when, when you're saying bad things about yourself, you sound a little more humble, like a little bit of a humble brag. Um, and usually if you're talking to the right person, they're going to refute what you say, right? Like if, so if you talk to your friend and, you know, you got to be careful because it could backfire, You know, imagine you go to your friend, you're like, I look so ugly today. And your friend's like, you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, Because that was actually the first thing I thought when I saw you. You know, just a warning. If somebody tells you a statement like that, they are not looking for you to get in agreement with them. Um, This is not the right time. But inversely, if you say something positive about yourself, we, we, we tend to think that it comes off as bragging, right? People will think that you're bragging. And there seems to be this odd thing that comes up amongst believers from time to time where there's almost a sort of delight when a brother or sister falls or when they fail. 
especially those amongst leadership. Because here's the thing, here's my thought. It almost seems to lower the bar. Well, they say, well, if so-and-so did this, I guess I can too. Well, if so-and-so doesn't abide by this, then I guess I don't have to either. As if so-and-so is the one who sets the standard for what is right and what is wrong. But we know that God and God alone is the one who sets that standard. Amen? Amen. But here's the thing. Love never exposes. It always covers. So if one of my leaders in youth was going through something, you all would never know about it. You all would never know. Because if I'm walking in love, my goal is not to expose them. It would be to cover them. Amen. Look back in Genesis. We see the roadmap begin. Adam and Eve, they first sin. They realize they're naked. Now, does God throw them out naked and exposed out of the garden? No, but he leaves them covered. Amen. Now, jump back with me just for a moment to our earlier hypothetical, right? Where we're talking about write down 10 positive things that you believe or 10 negative things that you believe. What if I told you that... Every time we speak bad about ourselves or about others, it's an insult to God himself. How many of you know God does not make junk? God does not manufacture anything that is not good. In fact, when he created us, scripture tells us we are created in his image. Turn with me to Genesis 1.27. If you're in the New Testament, try going back to the beginning of the other one. <laughs> Genesis 1.27, I'll read out of the New International Version. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. Someone shout image. image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You know, it's really easy to read past something like this because we've sort of conditioned ourselves not to take positive things about us very seriously. We, we, we hear it and we don't take it very seriously. But as we get further and further into scripture and as we read, you'll see that there's such a great emphasis placed on how valuable you are to God. Would you turn with me to Ephesians 2.10? Out of the New Living, this is what it says. For we are God's masterpiece. Someone shout Masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. His masterpiece. Let that sink in for just a moment. Of all the things that God created, the oceans, the skies, every beautiful plant and tree and waterfall that you see, of all the things he created, what he's most proud of is of you and I. Even when we read back in Genesis, everything that he creates is good, except when he creates man, he says, this is very good. And then he thought, I can do better, and he made women shortly after. No, we're all created equal. We're all very good. So let me, let me explain. Um, let me explain just a little bit what I mean. So um, I, I dabble in digital art consider myself a, a digital artist. And so I want to uh, present to you a, a picture of my, my art. I think it's, 
very good. And I invited actually a local art critic here today. Um, and um, I, I just asked uh, him to kind of share his thoughts on this art that I created, uh, not this morning, uh, another time. Oh, this is Brandon. Give it up for Brandon as he comes up. Yeah, some of you don't know, uh, Brandon's actually a very good artist, um, and I asked him to come critique my art uh, live. Let's see here. Well, I'll tell you what, Cameron. Okay, okay. No, wait. I thought I saw a redeemable quality in this. Oh. No, it looks pretty bad, dude. <laughs> no? Hey, you know what? Bless your heart, Cameron. Bless, Bless your my heart. heart. Thank Bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. <clears throat> Thank you. So, Brandon insulted my art. I don't know if he really feels that way because I asked him to say some mean things. Um, I didn't say that mean, but... Um, <laughs> But as he's saying those things, let me ask you, who do you think was more offended? The art itself or the person who created it? Me! I'm crying in the club out here. But here's the thing. In the same sense, when we are insulting or bringing down a masterpiece that God has created, it's not the person we're insulting, but God himself. And I think that's true for most of us, because is there anybody here who has not struggled at least at one point with a physical insecurity, with a spiritual insecurity, with uh, insecurity about their personality? I believe most of us at one point have, or maybe even you experience that right now. And again, I, I have an idea of why that might be, why insecurity is so prevalent even in the church. It's because we're often led by our emotions and our feelings. You know, there's a great old saying, your emotions make great companions, but terrible leaders. Could you imagine the state of our world if everybody only did what they felt like doing? Oh, Lord, help me. And in the days of Noah, uh, it would be awful. And, And let me make a quick disclaimer. That's not to say you shouldn't ever follow your feelings. Because a lot of the times in scripture, we see that Jesus does some amazing miracles when he's following a feeling that he has. Let me show you in in Matthew 9, verse 36. The New King James says this, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. He was moved by compassion because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. Because the truth is your feelings are just a natural reaction. You can't really help how something makes you feel. You can't control them necessarily, but you have to control them and get a hold of them or they will control and get a hold of you. Controlling your emotions doesn't always mean you just bottle it up and never bring it up. Sometimes the most great example of control is to be honest with your emotions and to let them out. Sometimes you need to feel grief when you're sad. You need to feel giddy and excited when you're happy. But make sure that you are the one who's allowing these emotions to take place. Let me give you an example. As some of you know, some years back, my wife Samantha and I, we lost our first baby in a miscarriage during pregnancy. And, you know, we had so many people rally around us, gave us so much good counsel. 
But at least for me, I had no greater counsel than from Brother Greg. And something to the effect he told me, make sure you let your wife know that you're hurting too. See, I thought I was in control by not showing her anything. But in fact, I was actually not ready to let that out. And when I finally did, it just was exactly what she needed to see. And it just was a jump start for our healing process. Sometimes the control of your emotions is not just keeping it in, but being honest and letting it out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let me tell you something, because we're talking about value. We're talking about identity. We're talking about calling. But the value of something is determined by the price paid for it. The value of something is determined by the price paid for it. Now, let me tell you, Right there in the world, there is a Pokemon card with a Pikachu on it, estimated at about $5.2 million. Some of you are looking at me like Pikachu. Yeah, Pikachu. (laughs) Why is it so valuable? Why is it so expensive? Because that's the price someone paid for it. The price of something or the value of something is determined by the price paid for it. Do you realize the price that was paid for you? What is your value if Jesus took off divinity and stepped into human history to live a perfect and blameless life and die in your place? There was such a high price that was paid for you and I to be in relationship with God. And that alone should show you how valuable you are to God that God would send his son in your place and to bear the punishment that you and I deserved, to die for all sin, for all people of all time. The price paid for you was high. So that informs your value. Amen? Amen. So that's our value. So, so what, about, what about our identity now? Because you're asking, why, why do you have to know so well your value before you can understand your identity? Because we're bought at such a high price, our value actually informs our identity. And we can never truly understand our identity or who we are in Christ until we understand how much value we have to God. But here's the challenge. I think we have a tendency to confuse our interest with our identity. Your interests are not who you are. Your interests are not your identity. Because think about it, when someone asks you, like, what do you do? You'd say, uh, I am a teacher. I am an electrician. Or what do you do for fun? You know, I am a musician. I am a gamer. I am a, sport, a fan of this team. But from the moment that you choose to accept Jesus, we are given the right to become children of God. Amen. And everything in your value and everything in your identity is about to change. Turn with me, if you would, to John 1.12. I'm going to turn there so I can say I did it, and then I'm going to read it off my iPad because it's lit up. It says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Someone say, it's my right. 
In Ephesians 2, 11 through 13, let's turn there. Let me read this to you. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by Jews who are proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises that God made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But look at verse 13 says, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. We were once outsiders, distant from God not bought into the citizenship of heaven, but to all who believe in him, we have been given the right to become children of God. So next time someone asks you, well, tell me about yourself. I am a child of God. Amen? Amen. Let me say this. I think we have a tendency to overcomplicate things that God intended to be simple. Because I think our identity is actually really simple. Like we just said, we are a vessel designed to carry out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's actually the title of my sermon this morning, is a vessel made worthy. Because once you understand that as your identity, you can begin to walk in your calling. And that's when you get to start having some fun. Here's the thing. We don't need to have a deep altar call. We don't need to have this intense time of prayer. God, what is my calling? What is it? He's like, just go read it. I already told you. What is my calling? Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That word all is pretty inclusive. Uh, raise your hand if you fall into the category of all. That should be everybody. But I, I want to look at this, okay, because another thing that we mix up is this word our calling with this word our giftings. Now, there's a difference between these two things. If we look at Romans 11, 29, it says, for God's gifts, someone shout gifts, and his call, someone shout call, can never be withdrawn. So it says gifts, plural, but it says call, singular. We do not have unique callings. We have unique giftings. We all have the same calling which is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But God has gifted us and equipped us to do it in different ways. And you never know what God can use for his glory. I was saved through a ministry that were guys, and what was their gift? They were strong, and they could rip phone books. And they could bend frying pans. It's crazy. 
And they would hold rallies and they would have all these people come and at the end they would present the gospel. And that's where I got saved. So don't doubt for one second that God can't use the gifts that you have for his glory. Amen? Amen. But be careful with your gifts because your gifts will be used either to build the kingdom of God or to build the kingdom of self. And you want to make sure you honor God with your gifts. You know, I, I hear pushback on this from time to time, mostly from people who aren't really believers, but they're like, why do you have to share the gospel? Like, is God so conceited that you just have to tell people about how good he is and you're just required to tell everyone all about him? I'm like, bless your heart, like Brandon said. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. Sharing something has always been a part of enjoying it. We know that we do it with all kinds of things. You see a funny video online, Facebookers, you, you know, Instagrammers, what do you do? Ba-ding, send. Did you see my video? Did you see the video I sent you? You hear a great song. Oh, this song is so good. You got to hear this song. This song is so good. Check it out. Check it out. You know, and you, you play it for like 10 seconds and they're not so interested and you're like, cool. <laughs> you watched a great movie. Oh, you got to watch this movie. We just saw it in the theaters. It was so good. I recommend it to a friend. You know, you experience a touch from God, and for the most part, that one stays with us. It's kept to ourselves. You know, think about it. When is the last time a believer came up to you and was like, oh, I just had this touch from God. Oh, you've got to experience it. You've got to experience it. You've got to come to church with me. This was so amazing. I just felt the Lord's presence so tangibly. And it's kind of telling. I haven't heard that in a while. But being a believer is never more fun and more fulfilling than when you're sharing the gospel with someone else. Because you're walking in the fullness of your purpose. You are a vessel designed to carry the good news of Jesus Christ and to share it with everybody. We have the solution to the problem. And this is where I'm going to I could say closing, but, you know, let's say closing, but don't get too excited off that. Let me, let me share the scripture with you, and it's 2 Peter 3, 9, and um, let's see, Brother Scott, if you would make your way back up for me as I be, I'll begin to close. Again, so we've started with our value. It's so important. The value of something is determined by the price paid for it. The price paid for you was Jesus Christ. You are valuable. And from that, you begin to understand your identity. Who you are is simply a child of God. And what is your calling? You are a vessel designed to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and to preach it and to share it with all the world. Now, let me work backwards just for a moment. Because if, if we walk away and we know the identity part, that's really good. The calling part, that sounds good. But if we don't really, really understand the value, then we really won't be able to experience the fullness of our identity and the fullness of your calling. Second Peter 3.9 says this, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. 
He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Some translations will say it's not the the Lord's will that any should perish. But eternity is too important and it's too long to let people slide through the cracks. We are the hands and feet of God on this earth. And he has called us to share the gospel. I want to challenge you this morning because you might have and play a bigger role in all this than you might think. You might play a bigger role in all of this than you might think. And for the most part, God thinks that you can do more than you think you can do in your own strength. Romans 10, 14 says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings the good news. You are the messenger that God has called. You play a bigger role in this than you think. God has more of a plan for you than you think you can handle. And in your own strength, you can't. But through the power of God and believing in God and trusting in God, you will accomplish things you never thought possible. Work backwards with me for a second while we really make our way to the close here. Again, to get to our calling, we need to know our identity. And to get to our identity, we have to understand our value. So Brandon is going to bring something out for me. You know, I, I just want to share it like this again because, you know, teenagers, they need visual. I'm a visual learner. So like things like this will help me. Oh, perfect. All right. So uh, um, what I have here is a pizza. Oh. Well, pizza box, you know, and the way you're looking at this tells me two things. Number one, I need to close because you look hungry. And (laughs) number two, there's a little bit of disappointment. Why? Because what was advertised on the outside was not on the inside. You know what one of my greatest spiritual fears is? Is for me to tell somebody that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ and for that person to be surprised. You are? See, because when people see what's advertised on the outside, you expect the inside to match. And I wonder how hard it is when non-believers come across us and we look like this and they know that you're a Christian, they know that you're a believer. And we know that our purpose is to preach the gospel to the lost. And here comes lost people who open the box and it's empty. But then something can begin to change. How valuable do you think this box is? 
not much, a couple cents maybe, whatever it costs for them to make it. Probably not a big overhead cost, I would imagine. Like, oh man, we're really going to have to increase the price of our cardboard boxes this year. But here's the thing. A vessel like this doesn't have a lot of value as it stands. But a vessel will always seem unworthy when it's not being used for the reason it was created for. And I think some people feel so unworthy in life because they'll be carrying, here's my new iPad case. What do you think? This doesn't seem like a very good use, right? Why? Because it wasn't created to carry an iPad. Brandon, if you bring that second part out for me. It was created to carry something else. So I'll take that. Thank you. Woo! Now y'all really getting hungry. I can tell. See, this is good, right? This is DiGiorno's, guys. This is the good stuff. So don't, don't look at me so holy. I was going to use Rick's Pizza, but there's no way a full Rick's Pizza would last a weekend in my house. It would be gone. It has to be something I can't look at and just eat. This is good, right? Pepperoni pizza, the way God intended for it to be. No, not really. But look, this is good, right? I can't carry this around like this. It needs a vessel. It needs the vessel. Because while this is not so valuable now, once you begin to put something valuable inside it, Everything changes. And when these two pieces come together, then we start to see everything change. I'm going to go have lunch now. No. But I liken that to this. We are the hands and feet of God on this earth. You are the vessel that is needed to carry the goodness and the good news of God to other people. And you, a vessel that is not filled, may not be worthy. But once you get filled by the Spirit of God, then the same as way we put that pizza in the pizza box, the Spirit of God inside you makes you so, so valuable. You and I play a bigger role in this than we might think. Because the most amazing thing in history happened 2,000 years ago. But how will they call on someone if they don't know his name? How will they believe if they don't hear? And how will they hear unless someone tells them? And how can someone tell them unless they were sent? I don't have a word for you this morning. This word is for everyone else in your life who does not know Jesus Christ. And this is my call, and this is my challenge to you. You are sent by God. This is the great commission, not the great suggestion. Sharing the gospel is not an optional part of your faith. Because sharing something is always the way we enjoy it. 
And so I want to close with a time of prayer this morning. And all across this room, if you would bow your heads and close your eyes. And if this moment isn't for you, I just ask that you would keep your head bowed and your eyes closed, just out of respect for those of us who are around. And the first call I always want to give, I never want to have a service without giving people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. So whether you need to do that for the first time or you're here today and you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm not living for God, I'm not serving him, I'm not following him, and you're not sure that if you were to breathe your last breath in this moment that you would make heaven your home. But if you want to change that this morning, would you slip up a hand just so that I can pray for you? Amen. Hallelujah. I see you over here. Amen. Amen. Right here I see you, and right here I see you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So church, if we could, so that these people don't have to enter the kingdom of God alone, could we all pray this together? And I'm gonna help you with the words to confess, but I can't believe in your heart for you. So believing in your heart, would you pray this out loud with me? Father God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die and raise from the dead for me. Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And help me to forgive those who have sinned against me. Jesus, come into my heart. Challenge me, change me, and make me the person you want me to be. My life is yours today, never to be taken back. And Father, I just thank you for everyone who's here. God, I just thank you that you have a great call of God upon their lives. Father, I just thank you for the high price that was paid. And Father, I just pray that you would help them to understand their value. And God, that you would remind them that they are children of God. And Father, that they have a calling. God, I pray that you would burden the heart of your people with lost souls. God, help them to have a desire to reach lost people as you have called us, Father, to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone look at me real quick, real quick. I just want to say, I believe with everything in me that if you prayed that prayer, that if you believed it in your heart, whether you raised your hand or not, that if God were to come back for the great rapture of the church in this moment, that he'd come back for you too. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, like I said, not the long-winded guy. So we're going to go ahead and dismiss. If you would all stand to your feet. I just want to say I love you. God loves you. Be blessed. If you all need prayer, our prayer team will be up here. If you gave your life to Jesus, please come tell somebody. Talk about it. I'm going to jump around back so I can shake your hand on the way out. You all be blessed.